Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Episode, like what, what, 145? Probably 144, 144, anyway, it doesn't matter because we're all going to die anyway. One something or another. We're all going to die soon anyway because I don't know if anybody has read the news today, but uh, uh, the the Biden administration and Anthony Blinky are uh, allowing uh, Polish uh, warplanes to be sent to Ukraine. Now, what makes this interesting is that, well, Poland is is a NATO country and Ukraine is not. And with the U.S. giving the green light to Poland to send in, uh, I guess, whatever, MiGs or F-16s or whatever to fight the, fight the Russians, um, that's NATO getting involved. Yeah, technically. And again, has anybody asked where this leads? Has anybody asked, what's the end game? Has anybody asked, is this a good idea? Now, you can hate Vladimir Putin. You can hate the Russians. You can hate the invasion. You can hate the loss of innocence of life you can hate all those things but are we are we creating a situation where more of that is likely to happen uh, was it the white house had said today that uh that uh, the war between russia and U- united states or between nato is is more likely now than ever is anybody asking is this a good idea you can hate vladimir putin you can think he is the satan himself you can hate what's going on as much as everyone else does, and as much as you know, all the all the cool people on Twitter say you, you should, right? Get down with the cause, bro. You can get down with the cause, with the jams, man. But where does this end? How does this end? When does it end? Is anybody asking those questions, Joseph? The people that are asking those questions are on the side of Putin, duh. And then you know, you, then you ask, oh, are, is anyone trying to solve this peaceably? You know, peaceably. <laughs> peacefully can we negotiate our way out of this who do they send kamala because she'll get it done <laughs> listen Putin. joe's like not about this man can you just <laughs> this is so this whole thing i'm not it's not funny but i just can't help but laugh we're all doomed everybody he told we are he doomed. told me about corn papa it just is the funniest story we're doomed um this, that's that, that's the question that no one seems to be asking. Or and if you try to ask it, well, you know, you're on his side. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. It's not the game we're playing here. The the level of uh, misinformation or disinformation and propaganda that's being spewed at everyone is breathtaking. I mean, the state and the, I asked this before, but the state and the the war party they can't do very many things right. Like, at all. But they can do propaganda right. Um, especially with what's been going on the la- just in the last week. Uh, everyone was saying that they bombed the nuclear power plant. Zelensky said that they bombed the plant intentionally. Didn't happen. Wasn't true. And it seems like everyone was, was agreed that they did that intentionally to create, you know, uh, fear. Fear! Gotta be, af- be afraid! Why aren't you afraid? But then if you say, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't judge anything too harshly right out of the gate. You know, like, oh, because we were watching Tucker before we started recording this. And then he there was a report that you, the Ukraine shot down two Russian jets. Like, is that even true? 
How much of this? It's is the this ghost of true? Kiev, Joe. It's the ghost of Kiev. The ghost of Kiev, Snake Island. You know, the the, the supermodels in in military fatigues fighting to, to defend their country, which <laughs> with did, airsoft which, guns, which didn't happen. Didn't happen. So I I keep hearing people repeat these talking points that are debunked literally within hours, within hours of coming out. We are we are living in the clown world. The the fog of war is just raging on. But no one seems to ask if this is if any of this is necessary. We got a lot of things to talk about, Joe. We got a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things to go over for this episode. I got some hot takes towards the end. Some hot takes towards the end. Um I think you know what I'm talking about. I I, I guess some hot a, a takes. A certain flying rodent that was on the screen. <laughs> um no, so yeah, is there anything else to talk about other than than Russia at this point? I mean, COVID seems to be uh, an afterthought. Um there was something else that came out about COVID, how we're how basically we're just completely going back to normal. It was another. Has anybody heard from Fauci? Yeah, we're or seen him. Is Fauci okay? Do we need to send a missing? Do we need to send out a missing, a missing persons report out for Doctor Fauci? Have what you is, seen this man? What is Have it, you uh, seen this man? An, an Amber Alert. An Amber. Can we can we get an Amber Alert for Doctor Fauci? <laughs> Hashtag Amber Alert Doctor Fauci. Get that trending on Twitter. Find Fauci. Find Fauci. Find Fauci. I, I haven't seen him on 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 a cringy uh, news site in a while. But yeah, I guess I guess that we just it's the there's there's this meme I saw. Doctor Malone sends these Malin, these these memes out um, every Friday, and it's the one with um, Indiana Jones and how he's replacing the idol with the bag of dirt sand. and then or sand or whatever. And the idol is the COVID like virus, and then he has the Russian flag and he's just like replacing. <laughs> um, I mean, it is true. It is true. You know, um, well, then who who's Indiana Jones in this story? Then is it Joe Biden? It's the it's the cathedral. Oh yes, there you go. The it's cathedral. just a picture of a stained glass window. A stained glass window. Um, we're living in some weird weird times, man. Um, <laughs> I got a, I got some economic stuff I want to talk about, and then obviously the um, stuff that's going on with Russia. What, other than um, other than you know a lot of weird reports coming out, is there anything like major and big that has happened? Uh, that you mentioned that we're going to be supplying fighter jets the to... The Poland... Because for some reason, Poland needed our approval, the approval from Secretary Blinken to send these planes. But aren't we sending U.S. fighter jets in? I don't know. Well, okay, so... If we are, how is that not getting involved? Well, it most certainly is. But I'm, but I'm saying, though, like... <clears throat> Make the argument that it's not. I, I, well, I really want people to try to make that argument some, that we're not going to get involved, or that, or that this is not going to make things worse. Some people were saying that uh, there are people that are coming from Poland and other countries that were fighting in Belarus. Uh, that that NATO is like secretly involved in fighting. I, I don't know how much of that is true. Again, it's like goes to Kiev. Who knows? Um, but at this point, I'm willing to believe almost anything because because. Because there's just so much crap just thrown up on the screen on TV. It's like Transformers, right? There's just so much st- stuff that's just thrown at you on the screen that you don't know what to make of it. Yeah. And it's certain, that's certainly the case with this. I – there's – we seem to be just acting uh, acting and not actually thinking about what we're doing. Um, there's many people that I've seen on YouTube and on the interwebs – that are saying that we have to do these sanctions, and these, these aren't people like journalists. You're just like you're just like like so just just straight up YouTubers, like George Taki. Man, I don't know if it's George Taki or not. They're saying that we have to use these sanctions because because it'll slow down the war machine, right? As we're we're, we're trying to halt and slow slow down, slow down the war machine. That's why these sanctions are needed. That's why we have to collapse the economy. 
And my question to that is, okay, let's say it doesn't work. Hypothetically speaking, like, of course, if we're going to sit there and plan out our method of attack on how we're going to, and again, I don't know how that doesn't involve, I don't know how that doesn't get us involved directly if we're going to start um, attacking someone's economy, which um, sanctions are um, acts of war, in my opinion, but r r forget that. Let's say it, let's say it, let's say it doesn't work. Let's say that, that Russia does end up taking over Ukraine. Okay, now what? What else is there to do? You've exhausted all of your resources at this point, believing on this narrative that we're going to stop Russia. You know, we're seeing economic numbers coming out, and we're seeing a lot of really concerning figures <clears throat> that you're, you're playing a very, very dangerous game right now with these economic sanctions. And of course, if you're against the sanctions, well, then you're just then you're just pro Russia. There was this there was this guy I was I watched on YouTube. He had a live stream. I forget his name, but he was saying that Tucker was encouraging Russian on the side of Russia um, <sighs> because he was not against this intervention and because he was not because he's because he's not for it. I guess so. I guess that's the argument he was trying to make and how and how Tucker's questioning the sanctions. So that means that he's for Putin. Um, of course, the cognitive dissonance that requ is required for that is, well, is immaculate. It's a, it's a binary choice. It's a binary choice, exactly. You have to be there for the actions of the United States of America and NATO 100% or you're on the side of Putin. Because everything has there to be— There is no nuance. There everything is, has to be dumbed down to the first grade level. Because, there is— because, because now that everyone has an opinion, it has to be of a fir the first grade level. Yes, and you either have to be for sanctioning everything from Russia or you're or you're on the side of Putin and you're and you're somehow for the genocide or for the invasion and the displacement of millions of people um, there is no nuance there's no there's no um, avenue like what I take where we're saying yes Russia is bad yes what they're doing is 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 wrong and it's evil and I don't think I don't think anybody has came out and said yeah Putin's doing the right thing in all this I I, I am yet to hear any like they they're claiming that Republicans, which again Republicans are on the Lindsey side of Lindsey Graham, are on the side of Putin. Really, <laughs> Cheney. Really, Republicans are on the side of Putin for this one. They're they're the they're, they're the ones calling for war more than the Democrats. His assassination. So I, I don't get this this argument that people are trying to make that Republicans and conservatives are all are all just defending. They're bending over backwards to defend Vladimir Putin and all this. That's kind of stupid. I, I'm see, still yet to see one Republican that has voiced support, and of course, and according to their narrative, support is against Ukraine. There's not been I haven't seen I have not met or seen one person that's like you know that whole thing in Eastern Europe that's going on right now. I'm on Putin's side, hundred percent. Kick those Ukrainians out well, of the country. Well, they they tried that with um, with Rand Paul and Thomas Massey because they refused to or co-sponsor or support legislation that would send money to Ukraine. And that is somehow pro-Putin because they don't want to send stolen taxpayer monies to another government to fund their Ex war Exactly, effort. exactly. That's, 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 that's it. Yeah. That's the level, that's the extent of it. Uh, Putin recently said in a press conference that uh, he said that the, uh, he condemned the West's economic war on Russia saying that sanctions are akin to a declaration of war, but thank God it has not come to that. Um, and again, too, like it was just announced that Visa, Mastercard, and Netflix and TikTok. Oh no! TikTok. Oh no! <laughs> Putin's like crap. What are we gonna do? My my people, my people, they need the TikTok. They don't have nowhere to go now. What am I gonna do? 
So I don't know why Putin's. They, I, don't know why, I don't know why he's 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 an Italian mobster. But yes, what is he gonna do? So they they restricted the access to uh, all the good folks, just the ran, just everyday random people in, in Russia to using those services. Oh, no. um, not not having TikTok, I think, is a is a net positive. Absolutely, I mean, I hold that position. I think it, I think Trump should have banned TikTok, but that's a different conversation. Uh, but Visa and Mastercard, I mean, you that's a. The, the, those uh, the things are accepted everywhere. Those exchanges of currency are accepted uh, everywhere. Uh, so I, I don't see how that is going to help anything. Take take the uh, is Putin going to say, "Oh, the people they can't use Mastercard now. We have to end the invasion." You know, is it is it because all oh, the the troops can't fill up the tanks on their way to to uh, Kiev? Is that what it is? Is that something suddenly going to stop the invasion? I, no, I don't think so. I, I, um, I question all this. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do. So, getting into some of the economic numbers to talk about today, um, I I did put a piece out today at Liberty Overdrive at Substack dot com on lol on lol, or it's just or, or it's just lo lol is the YouTube live stream which is no longer exists anymore. Um, Friday I'll talk about my full article in length. I just ran out of time for this episode. I kind of wanted to keep this one a little bit shorter and sweeter. Um, but I but I wrote a piece out today called "Energy Prices Could Get Much Much Worse," and um, those people that have been watching the markets recently know when I'm in the markets, you can just go down to, to, to your local gas station and see that gas has absolutely exploded. We're actually sitting at an all-time high national average for a gallon of gasoline, um, and of course uh, that also equates to energy prices in general most of the time because. Uh, some people use natural gas. Some people use coal uh, and um, certain other petroleum products for energy. Unfortunately, that is the society we live in. We have to burn um, fossil fuels for energy. I think it's kind of stupid, but that's where we live. And you have to accept those those terms and that reality. Um, barrel of oil today traded for about one seventeen. Whenever I wrote the article. Um, now, and of course, I've been predicting a hundred dollar barrel of oil for a long time. I know that a lot of people have been saying we're going above a hundred. I said that back last year, uh, but the the explosion of the price of oil has been um, alarming to say the least. Ever since February twenty fifth, it has gone up about twenty bucks um, a barrel. It touched one thirty six at one point during um, um, early no during late Friday um, trading hours, and this is all. This is all without any sort of sanctions on oil. We're seeing these these drastic moves on the thought of, hey, there might be constraints in the future, so we're going to buy up contracts now because oil is about to go way higher. Now, there are talks right now. I have an article here from The Hill. Anthony Blinken is actively discussing banning the import of Russian oil. Now, Russia is a big oil producer. I think that they are they account for I think it's 15% of the entire production of oil in the in the world. Um, so they're not they're not small. 15? Uh, yeah, I think it's like 1 in sorry, 1 in 8. I my math is all wrong there. It's it's like it's like 1 to 6, 1 to 7 to 1 to 8 of every barrels of oil produced come from Russia. Okay, okay. So, and we rely on Russian oil. We buy millions of barrels of it um, all the time. In fact, there's actually um, barges, not barges, some ships that are on their way to deliver oil to the United States <clears throat> of America. And 
uh, we have a report that came out from Bank of America, which I always like to see what the large banks talk about when they talk about commodity prices because um, they're pricing it in for their own sake. So typically they, they're they going for, I would say, a worst-case scenario, but they're pricing it in so that way they can continue making money. So I, I typically like to think it's a pretty accurate um, way, to, way to gauge commodity prices are coming up. Um, Bank of America says that if the United States of America were to sanction and ban the import of oil, that it is going above $200 a barrel, which is double what it is right now. Oh, it's a little, a little less than double what it is right now. Um, we're seeing gasoline prices at $4 a gallon, which is the national average, highest ever. 4.14 a gallon. Yeah. It's higher than it was in 2008. And then you're also seeing gasoline prices in places like Los Angeles touching $7 a gallon. I know that here in uh, middle of nowhere, Georgia, uh, I saw gasoline touching 3.99 at some some stations. So we're not too far off from the typically we've a little below the national average. Um, but for us to be touching that close to it, it's definitely concerning. What happens when the barrel of oil doubles to $200 a barrel? Now, will that be full, solely on bud, on um, supply issues? You know, m- maybe. But you have to understand that oil is such a delicate, a delicate balance because so much of it is consumed. There's not a bunch of it just sitting around somewhere. Like, there's not... People have this idea that we just have supplies like the... What's the United States Reserve or whatever? Well, they they're releasing all of it, but but, but I'm saying those that it people was like have this sixty like, million barrels of oil, which is enough to like supply America for like a couple of days, three days. Yeah, tops. Because America consumes over like twenty billion, 20, or twenty million. million barrels of oil, like I think a day, roughly. That's a broad brushes here. Yeah, but uh, so sixty million is enough to buy you three days. Yeah, so people have this idea that oh well, you know, we had this. There's just there's just there's just tons of of, of barrels of oil everywhere. This is not going to affect. It, 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 if Bank of America and Goldman Sachs and the report I saw, which is about the 150 to 170 mark, um, if the if the, if the big investment banks like Goldman Sachs is, has has their hands in all of these stocks, the fact that they are pricing it in this much should be very concerning for people. Because um, not only is that going to affect, because you got to think, oil moves the world. Oil powers the trucks. It's what fuels the trains. Because all these trains, yes, they're electric, but they still use diesel fuel generators to power the electricity in the trains. They move, they power the trucks. What happens whenever shipping prices go way up? Because, well, hey, it just costs you double what it normally costs you to operate your fleet of vehicles. That's going to increase the price of delivery price, which is going to increase everything. Not to mention the commodity prices are are skyrocketing. Everything is getting destroyed in the markets except for commodity prices. Everything is getting completely wiped. Tech, banks, everything is getting wiped out right now. Except for commodity prices and gold. So, so something's very, very concerning. And the fact that we're even toying with this idea of banning Russian oil to me to me is is so so laughable and I didn't have time to write it in, in the piece but people are saying well this is the moral it's the moral thing to do like why we can't we can't we can be, we can be buying oil from a country that's ongoing in war but they, we can't do that okay how about this 
we can't buy oil from a country that is endorsing and, in, and engaged in human rights violations. How about that? And I'm not talking like, like, oh, someone, oh, somebody mis, mis, misgendered me at school. That's not a human rights violation. I'm, I'm talking like executing gays. That's probably a, a little bit worse than, than someone says something off-colored to me or, or someone called me fat at the supermarket. No. Talking like throwing gay people off of buildings. I'm talking like um, unspeakable things that happen to women that are completely okay in that culture. Maybe we should stop buying oil from them if we're so worried about the moral, the moral equivalency of where, of where, our, of where our dirty crude oil comes from. Uh, the moral argument does not hold up. Now, if we bought all of our oil from peaceful, loving countries like, you know, I don't know, like, if we bought all of our oil from, like, Iceland, I could see the argument here. But we're not buying all of our oil from Iceland or Norway or Sweden, like these, like these pristine, like, you can't really find any, like, moral faults with these countries. But Saudi Arabia, Venezuela. Iran. I- Iran, really? <laughs> really? You're going to, so we're going to buy more oil from Iran yeah, uh, not not Yemen. I, Iran, Af, um, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia Venezuela. and Venezuela. Uh, okay, I want you to defend the moral argument of buying from them now, because because you've made the argument that this is a this is a this is a moral outrage and a moral stance. Okay, you now have to defend buying oil from these countries because I I didn't make the argument. Well, if we're gonna do that, then I think Phil Mickelson deserves an apology. Yes, because because he got in some hot water over comments he made about the Saudis and uh, Khashoggi being murdered by the Saudis, uh, allegedly. So if we're going to buy oil from them and we see that as the moral justifiable position, then we all deserve uh, Phil Mickelson deserves an apology from from Tiger Woods and everyone. Um, and, and then there was an, there were Russian economists that were saying if there's a, an, a global embargo on Russian oil, they'll push the price of oil to three hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard three hundred dollars a barrel. I've heard four hundred dollars. It, it, it's we we don't really know what's going to happen. We're playing with a very very dangerous game when it comes to like when it comes to this. And look, the the wealthiest Americans they're not going to have any problem paying seven dollars for a gallon of gas. Like, will it will it be uncomfortable? Sure, but do you know, error. but do you know who's not going to be able to afford seven dollars a gallon for gasoline or doubling in in their heating and cooling bills because summer's coming up here soon. Well, then just food prices. Yeah, yes, everything. The poorest among us, the ones who live in paycheck to paycheck, cannot afford this. And the fact that we're just we're having an active discussion about ruining and making life miserable for millions of Americans in this country. The people that we're supposed to we're supposed to represent America first, not not Ukraine and not Russia. America is what is what is what this bloke was voted in to represent. I'm I'm sorry. You you can't harm the American people for the supposed benefit of harming the Russian economy. Which will that really hurt Russia? Look, Russia will sell the oil to somebody else. Someone else is going to buy it. Oil is too valuable of a commodity to not be sold to someone else. Someone else is going to buy it. India will buy it. China will buy it. China. All these other countries will end up buying it. It's not just going to sit there. Russia's not going to be like, oh, crap, I got millions of barrels of oil. What are we going to do with it? No. It'll be sold. Someone will buy it. And you know what? They'll probably get a heck of a good deal for it. 
It seems like that Biden wants to buy every wants to get oil from everywhere but the United States. But I, I, we I can't just, we can't we can't drill for our own oil on in in Alaska or in the Gulf or in in, in Texas or whatever. We can't do that. So we'll buy it from Venezuela. We'll buy it from Iran and Saudi Arabia. We'll do that, but we can't. We can't buy it here. We can't get it here because you know climate change. Because but it's so because oil that's that's get the oil that we get from Saudi Arabia is like clean coal. Yeah, it's it, is, it makes no sense at all. It's like it's okay. It's like, okay, okay. That clean okay, oil. If you're against the drilling of oil, cool. I get it to some degree. I I look. I think I, my personal stance on fossils is I think it's kind of stupid that we power. America or power the world off of something that's dirty and difficult to get to and you know pumps a lot of gas into the environment like that that's when there are when there are are alternatives yes but we're not there yet but I just think in concept the idea of of doing that doesn't make any doesn't make much sense to me but that's the world we live in Look, you can have that position and be like, hey, hey, we shouldn't drill in America because it's dirty and environmentally unsafe. Okay, let's just go buy it from someone else. It's not like that oil is any cleaner. It's not like that process of getting the oil out of the ground is any, is any better in their refinement. You're still going to burn it. You're still going to turn it into— You're still putting it in your car. Y- yes. So if you're going to accept the fact that we're going to burn it anyway, why not do it here where we can get it a lot cheaper and be independent so we don't have to— ban it from the country and increase the price of oil two or threefold as a result you know holding the american this is this is this should not even be uh, on the discussion table in my opinion jacob wants to buy oil from russia yes i do because i think that the the the, the benefits that could be gained from this do not outweigh the consequences for the poorest people in this country who cannot afford seven dollars a gallon of gas and they cannot afford it they cannot afford doubling the price of their milk and eggs and bread. They can't afford it. They can't afford an extra $200 to their electric bill. They cannot afford it. It's not the, – the, the cost benefit is not – you have to – people think – there's not a zero-sum game where it's just like, hey, by, by all means necessary. I know Biden said, hey, we got to suck up and pay more at the gas pump. People are like, okay, maybe it's 20, 30 cents. No. Dollars more. Dollars. Talking like doubling. If look, if gasoline is four dollars a gallon now, and oil is at one eighteen, I'm looking at it right now, one eighteen after hours. According to CNBC, this is the April contract, one eighteen. What is it going to be at two or three hundred dollars? It'll it, it'll double at least, at least it'll double. Because you know, look, all these companies are not going to just we're not going to eat it. The, the and then. How much? How much does? How much do does does airline tickets? Oh my gosh! Go look at the financials for an airline company when it comes to fuel. Like I think they did a um. There was a thing I was looking up um when I was researching um a thing for the financials of of an airline. Do you know that like I think it was if the gallon of jet fuel goes up by I think it's a dollar and a half a a gallon that it can wipe out an airline's profits. Just that, just the cost of fuel can wipe out the price of an airline for a whole year. If the price of fuel goes up, I think it's like it's like a dollar a barrel or a, a dollar a gallon for jet fuel. Like, gosh, that that is that. We're playing with dangerous. We're playing with fire right now. And then what? We're all of a sudden just gonna what? One day we're just gonna lift the ban whenever Russia plays nice. Please, please. Do we ever think we're just going to have a, a happy relationship with Russia 
people are like, oh, he had a happy with, with, with relationship with uh, Russia after the Cold War. Did, did we really? Well, uh, Biden's putting them in timeout right now, Jacob. And we don't know how long that timeout's going to last. Yeah, we don't put him in timeout by by punishing the kid next door who had nothing to do with this. That's not how this works. Well, do, well, in order to put Russia in timeout, we got to put everyone in timeout. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So we have to. The one kid couldn't play nice with his toys, so we got to punish the entire neighborhood and put them all in timeout. How much sense does how much sense does that make? We confiscate all the PlayStations, bicycles, scooters, whatever, big wheels, everything. Um, so I have two theories on this. One. Uh, it's, I think it's one of two options here. The first option is uh, is that the Biden administration was met with a scenario that they didn't know how to respond to. And they went with the norm of we'll do sanctions until Russia backs off. Well, looks like that ain't working because uh, they're not stopping. Option two was uh, this is intentional. Now, that might be a little controversial, tinfoil hat, Alex Jones. You what, know, that they're trying to increase John the gallon Birch of gasoline? John Birch Society kind of thing here. But maybe maybe part of this might be intentional, that they want to do this. They what, that, that, that they want to increase the barrel of oil price? Not just oil, but the tensions with, with oh. Russia, with NATO, with Ukraine, that they kind of wanted this to happen. Or that they were active in making it happen. Um, which might sound a little crazy to some people, but uh, when you... Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, and when you look at the rhetoric that w- that they were spewing uh, in the lead up to this, it's like if nothing happens, then a lot of people are going to be disappointed. And now that it has happened, we're all being told, like George Taki is telling us, Mr. Zulu is telling us that, uh, well, it's our patriotic duty to, to spend a little more if that means ensuring freedom for the rest of the world. Again, uh, where is this freedom coming from? <laughs> Where's it coming from? What freedom is at stake? <clears throat> Yeah, the freedom that, of the Ukraine. I couldn't give two <coughs> sh- about the Ukrainian freedom. Look, what about our freedom? Yeah, no, 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 no. That argument only works. That argument that's only sound is if Russia invaded us. That's yes. the only time that that argument has any weight. I still think it's stupid. I still don't think it's a good argument. But that's the only time Russia's not at. We are not at war with Russia. Russia is at war with Ukraine. There's no reason for the American people to suffer for that. There's no reason. You cannot find me any without doing Simone Biles of level of gym, mental gymnastics. Is there any argument that that makes sense? Russia attacks Ukraine. Therefore, the American people have to economically suffer. Not even, not even Mark Zuckerberg could compute that in his data brain. There, there is no way that that... Listen, Stephen Hawking's chair could even figure that equation out, okay? There, there is no universe that that works. I, I, I can't... I, I, these people are so wanting a conflict, and they're still living in this 2016 reality where Russia stole the election, and that this is just another step in Russia's domination and, and, and restarting of the USSR... And we're having a second cold or a third cold war now, right? We're having a third cold war. We had one in the 60s and one in the 80s, and now we're having a third cold war now. And this is we're just we're just continuing on. Well, I mean, if you ask they they so badly want us to go to war. Well, if you ask the Lindsey Graham types, the Cold War literally never ended. Um, but two, it's like well, maybe this is the consequences for RussiaGate. It's because all the things that were said about all this is now coming back to bite them in the in the end. Um, because you can't, it's, these people act like, well, the U.S. can just do whatever it wants and there will be no consequences. That might have been true for a time, but that time has come and gone. 
it's not like Russia's just going to sit back and let this all this happen. It's not like China's just going to sit back and let all this happen. No, eventually you push, you, you can only push people so far before they start pushing back. And then when they start to push back, you can't go, oh, well, they're the great evil in the world and we're the good people. No, you can't, you can't have it both ways. It's the same thing with Taiwan, too. I keep, he I keep hearing people say that China's going to take Taiwan, that we're going to lose Taiwan. Who is we? in this situation they say well an attack on on ukraine's an attack on us who is us in all of this who who is we who is us no an attack on taiwan is an attack on taiwan not the united states an attack on ukraine is an attack on you guessed it ukraine not the united states now why in the world would is the logical solution. Like only Derek Zoolander could come up with this solution of of well, to to punish the Russians, we gotta punish the Americans. That does what? No. So they say the George the George Mr. Zulu, the George Taki thing. Again, the the, the 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 hubris of him to say that, you know, I'm willing to pay more for gas. No, you're not. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe he is. No. George Taki can afford it. That's my point. He can afford it. But the people who work two and three jobs, who just barely make ends meet, who are being bent over the table right now because of inflation and now raising gas prices, they can't afford it. But you know what Biden's going to do, Jacob? He says, now nah, you oil companies, you gas companies, don't you go raising prices to take advantage of a situation. Look. Because that's how we fight inflation. Go look at the financials of Chevron or Exxon. These companies cannot, cannot have doubled of... They can't have their sole product double in price and keep costs and, and keep and keep the sale price for the same. In 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 what context does that make sense? Okay, Chick Fil A. If the price of chicken breast goes up double or three times, do you think they can still continue selling the chicken sandwich for three eighty five or whatever it is now? No, it, it, there's no reality where that makes sense. A barrel of oil cannot go above $200 and you keep gas prices at where they're at. It's not possible without losing money. And trust me, Chevron and Exxon are not going to lose money. Full disclosure, I own a bunch of Chevron and a bunch of, a bunch of XLE. Look, I've, I have prepared for that. I knew this was going to happen. I knew that oil was going to go up because of this. They Those stocks have been killing it as a result. That's the only thing that's actually making money right now is the, is the oil companies, which I, I saw coming. Gold companies too, but the arrogance to think and what's what's he gonna do? Is he gonna is he gonna put price limits on what they're gonna do that you can't price gouge? Well, they're taking advantage of a bad situation, Jacob, as the president said. That you created. <laughs> it's oh my gosh, I can't I. I <sighs> The brain hurt. The brain freeze. You created this situation, Biden. You're creating this. You can't then go punish a company for the mess that you created. Oof. You're a moron, bro. And everyone, everyone out there that's defending this too, you're you lump right in with that word I just said because I, I I can't. I, I, I'm we are at maximum whelm right now with the amount of stupidity that is following this. Banning Russian oil is a bad idea. And if you want to come out at me and say Jacob defends buying Russian oil, fine. If that means that gas does not go to $7 a gallon and that you don't see heating bills double, fine. I will gladly take it. Write me a bad, write, write me a bad letter. Jacob Standards at ProtonMail.com. Go for it. I don't care. Throw it right in the trash. 
right where it belongs. Because you have to sit there and you have to defend the argument of, hey, um, Russia does something bad to a country that we have no relationship with. Well, other than and other than launching a coup in that country and installing a puppet, basically, in, in Zelensky, yes, I said that because it's exactly what he is. Then fine, you have to defend that argument now. Um, something else that happened to the markets here recently um, that I was watching, and, and it's not really quite related to Russia. It's kind of more of just something interesting I've been finding um, that I kind of wanted your take. I, I mentioned to you briefly today um, the fact that we're seeing commodity prices go up. Inflation is mainly driving the cost of um, the the, the incre increased prices of commodities, but also, of course, the issue with Russia and the just uncertainty of what's going to be going on in the economy. It's just driving everything up. Um, lumber is actually back at an all-time high again. Wheat, soybeans, coffee, everything's going up, and oil as well. But the one thing that people usually go to in the time of crisis is the gold. Gold is the typically what people buy whenever um, crisis and uncertainty in the market is coming. And gold has had a very nice rally. Gold is, um, in the past month, it has gone from... Um, um, 1821 all the way up to 19, uh, 1992. We're touching $2,000 an ounce. Um, it's a very, very nice run for the price of gold. Um, unsurprisingly, right? It's a, it, economic uncertainties, gold tends to rise. Silver saw some nice rises as well. And the uh, past month, let me, I'll just pull it up real quick. Yeah, silver's had a nice rise. Silver's gone from uh, $23 to $25 an ounce. That's a nice rise. Um, what's the the one thing, though, that has not risen? I think it's very interesting. And I've been on this kick about uh, learning more about this, but crypto. Crypto has not done anything of substance in the past month. Bitcoin has gone from its high of um, 44000 down to 38000 Now, the, for all the crypto people out there that defend this thing as like it's going to replace the dollar, dollar one day, which, full disclosure... I don't hate Bitcoin. I don't hate anything about it. I just question this narrative that it's going to replace the U.S. dollar one day. I think that's. I don't think that's ever going to happen, um, in any time soon. And I, I don't. And I don't think it has the mechanics to replace um, the dollar one day. But we are told that this is supposed to be the inflation hedge to buy, right? Everyone, everyone railed against me and Peter Schiff and everyone else who's against who's who's, who's skeptical of Bitcoin. Um, Saying, saying, well, it's the ultimate inflation hedge. It's the new gold. Well, we're living right now in extraordinary inflation times and extraordinary uncertainty in the economy and war. And what is the new gold doing? Nothing. It, it is not doing what it should be doing. Gold is doing exactly what it should be doing in these times. But we're not seeing that in Bitcoin. So that is what really, really concerned me from this this argument that hey it's the ultimate inflation hedge it's the ultimate way to prepare yourself against economic uncertainties um have you looked at it at all or well you... i mean you and peter are partying like it's 1999 partying like 1999 you're right <laughs> um i i go back and forth with crypto and, and bitcoin especially because it, we're all told it's it's the currency version of jesus basically <laughs> um it's, it's pretty good uh, they say all the other cryptos like uh, Cordano, uh, Ethereum are all uh, S coins, which I don't know much about it other than um, there's really no difference between the USD and crypto because it's all digital. Um, 
all, all of uh, the world's finance, financial dealings are all digital. So there's really not that much difference between the two. Other than the USD is backed by the warm handshakes and, and bright smiles of the American government. That and the bullets of the American government, too. And the bombs. Bombs. Uh, that's the only difference between the two. Uh, the fact that it's not spiking in price, uh, I just think it is might be a large uncertainty of, well, the, the old school theory is when in times of crisis you go to gold, you go to, to hard commodities like gold, silver, maybe oil, stuff like that. Things that have proven over time to be of great value in times of, of great turmoil. Well, have we ever faced a situation like this with crypto? I don't think so. Maybe not. Um all I can say is maybe look look at uh, uh, investing in NFTs. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's a joke. Don't I have do four that. board apes, Joseph. That I that I am screenshot on my phone. Okay, yeah. I'm a high roller. That'll that'll help fight the Russians. Yes. Um, but I, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I I I have never I never bought into that Bitcoin is is going to save us. I've never bought into that. I don't think that's true. Uh, could it be true? Yes, anything's possible. But. I just don't see that Bitcoin is not is not widely ad, uh, adopted enough to be used for everyday purchases like uh, the dollar is. Unfortunately, that's just the case. That's just the way things are. Now, if you could buy, if you could use your Bitcoin to buy a cow and to buy land and to buy guns and ammo with, sure. But you can't. At least not. It's not widely used for those types of things. If it was, might be a different situation. You could say, well, you can't you can't go to the grocery store and use your gold coins that you have. Sure, you can't. Actually, you but, can. But it, but sure, you can't do that maybe right now. But if people are desperate enough, they'll take that gold because it's gold or it's silver. They'll it's take a silver dollar. They'll take those Kennedys because they're silver, not because oh well, let me just digitally give you something through the internet. No. What happens if there is no internet? What happens if the uh, if the power grid goes down and you can't access your wallet? Or what happens when you've got all your money in your cold storage, but there's no computer to access? What happens then? It's nothing. And I think that's where largely a lot of people are seeing the potential faults in all this. Because if they're shutting off the access to digital currencies in, uh, in, U- in Russia right now, like Visa and MasterCard, not that different from crypto, because it's all digital, what happens then? What happens when the, 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 the U.S. government says you cannot, or when any government says you cannot uh, uh, transact in crypto? What do you do then? It's worth nothing, right? You, you can't, could you confiscate gold and silver? Sure, you could, but that's a lot harder. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's much harder to do, to do than just turning off the ability to exchange in crypto. Yeah. Well, my thing is that this is the time that crypto is supposed to be shining, and it's just—it's it's, just, it's not. It's, it's just not shining. We're not seeing the promises of it in the best case scenario. And again, I, I don't hate it. I don't—I don't think it's a bad um, idea in theory. But um, these promises of it's the ultimate hedge against inflation, and that this is the new gold. Okay, well, gold is outperforming it right now. Gold, gold's had a has had a much better percentage of rise in this time than Bitcoin has. And I, I just, I don't know. That's not, that's not good. When your investment is not, it's like, it's like this. It's like whenever you, um, 
whenever a stock does not rise on good news, this some so something's wrong with it. Something's fun, fundamentally wrong with it. And I I think that that's that's what we're seeing right now with 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 Bitcoin. And I, I it's just it's just quite a quite a worrisome in my my opinion. I've just reading here from uh, Coinbase that Biden is set to sign an executive action on crypto uh, as far as national security and regulation. Yeah, they're gonna start taxing it. They're start like making you making you like register. And so I, I bought some Bitcoin back when that they the last big dip that it had, and I've only lost money since. I, yeah, I, I've I mean, only I'm lost money on crypto, on crypto as well. I'm actually trimming my position on a lot of it as well because I just I there's. I don't see the rally coming. If the rally was going to come, it was. It was. It was it's gone. It should be now. It should, should be now. It should be rallying right now, but it's not. It's not. Um, but anyway, so I, I, preference not a financial advice show. So consult your own um, financial sources and um, assume your own risks. Not a financial show. So you don't get hit, we don't get hit by the, the by the SEC on giving out financial advice. It's going to be us and Elon getting. Do hit I by need the to SEC. disclose anything else? I own oil stocks. I own some crypto i own crypto i own do i need to say anything else i own the xle i own a bunch of chevron actually chevron's my highest i own a bunch of gold stocks as well i own barrick i own gld there i have full full, 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 dis- disclosure. full disclosure i'm also holding a 64 kennedy half dollar so i also own silver i, I own silver too so. there bases are covered not a financial advice show um yeah, that's really the bulk of what I had to talk about for this episode. Is just kind of the where we're at right now in the world, and a lot of a lot of dumb people out there, man. Dumb, dumb. St- what's that? What's that Carlin quote where it's like, um, just just, re- just realize how dumb the average person is, and then realize that there's dumber people than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta love. You gotta love Carlin. You got people that are encouraging you know, his wars. Qu- his quotes are always timely, unlike this show. The show is not timely. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm reporting on something that's happening right now. You know, I have a live feed of the price of oil up. So, I mean, that's that's about as timely as it can get. Sure. Um, do you want to get into uh, something else? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's I, I kind of like this episode a bit shorter, but sweeter. So keep it right, right about an hour. So we can, okay, we can go into that. Quickly. Yeah. Um, did you? Uh, did you? Okay. Again, there might. If you haven't seen the the Batman that came out recently, uh, we may or may not. Get well, into... we we're not going to spoil it, so I'm, I'm not going to say anything that'll spoil the plot of the movie. But okay, or... just 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 in case if you haven't seen it, we may or may not have spoilers. It, it, there's there's no way to know. Um, so just if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to hear us talk about the movie, uh, then just turn off the podcast now and come back to it after you've seen the movie. Um, you'll probably have to take a nap afterwards anyway, uh, because the movie was almost three hours long, which. To me, okay. First of all, the three-hour mark everyone's making a big deal about was three hours long. I, it didn't bother me. If the if the movie is moving along in a in a good pace, there's good pacing. Um, everything seems to be making sense. I, I the movie could be four hours long. It wouldn't bother me. I think people had more issue with it that it would it, it would have been a better film at two and a half hours. That the film would have been net better because, like I. I did this twice. I checked my phone twice to see what time it was. See, okay, hey, well. we're an hour in. That means we got two hours to go. And then there's one part whenever Bruce Wayne goes to meet Falcone later on, and I'm like, wait, we still have an hour to go. Like, where's this? Where's this going? Um, there were really three points the movie that it could have ended, and it would have been a satisfying ending. Yeah, but it just seemed like a little overindulgence, maybe from the director or whoever. 
to keep going, even though there really wasn't necessary. Yeah, but, um, you know, I went into this. So, full disclosure, I am completely burnt out and indifferent to all superhero movies coming out. The only one that I'm excited for is Guardians of the Galaxy 3, just because it's my favorite um, favorite superhero. It's a guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure right now is Guardians of the Galaxy, so... Um, that's the only film that I'm actually like looking forward to. The rest of them, I just I don't care. Like people to me, Spider Man is good. I, I I again I don't I don't care. I didn't see um, what's the other one? The Eternals. Eternals. I didn't see no, that one. I have no desire. I don't to see care. That. Um, honestly, I really didn't really care about this new Batman film because I just I didn't see. Like I saw the I watched the trailer once. I'm like, okay, it looks different, interesting. I possibly intrigued by it. Um, but my thing, whenever you have a character that has been done so much, and not just in films, but in in, in video games, right, or in in, in every for, every media form, Batman has just been it's, it's been done every which way that I've seen so far. And in my opinion, the bar is the Batman Arkham games, which if you've, if you've not played the Batman Arkham games, they are fantastic. Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Arkham Knight's okay, but Arkham City and Arkham Asylum are just... that That is the best representation of Batman that I have seen and played, other than, like, the comics, obviously, which are, you know, that's the, that's, that's the source material. But as far as an adaptation of it, the Arkham games are just great. The animated series is also good too, but I think the games um, bring it into more of a realistic setting, whereas the cartoons, again, were cartoons. Um, forget the guy who voices Batman, but he will always be the voice of Batman to me. Not Christian Bale. Not Christian Bale. And um, Mark Hamill does the Joker, which he's. I will hold Mark Hamill as the best Joker. People say Heath Ledger, uh, that uh, Joaquin Phoenix, nothing against those two guys. But Jack Nicholson? B- Jack Nicholson was also good, but. Mark Hamill is, well, is the Joker for me. He is the Joker, the the voice. Um, so, keeping at that benchmark, um, th- for me to enjoy the film, they had to do something different. They had to bring the character to do something different that we've never seen before. Um, or else I was just going to be like, okay, why do I want to watch a, a, a movie that's not as good as the games or, or not as good as the, as the Dark Knight? That's that. That's where I approach the film. It, the film did not have to surpass those, which I don't think it did. I still, I still think that the, that the Dark Knight is still a better film. And I still think that the uh, that the Arkham games are better media and a better presentation of the character than this new Batman film. But I kind of enjoyed what they did with that. I thought it was very interesting that he was more of a detective, more of this guy that more of this character that worked with the police of Gotham versus a um just a vigilante just a vigil yeah just a vigilante that was kind of an interesting for the first time in I think there's been like 13 different movies about Batman this is the first time we actually see him as the world's greatest detective because that's what he is in the comics Uh, again I am not an expert when it comes to comic books. I've actually never even read a comic book. I'm kind of happy. So I have I, a Batman comic book you can read. It, I, it's I'm, actually a pretty good one. You might I'm kind of like happy that uh, to say that that I've never read a comic book because that's just not my it's not my it's not my bag, baby. <laughs> um, but I had zero expectations going into this because I don't think I actually ever watched a, a single trailer out of this. Um, I will say though, um, given the how dark the themes were. If I were a kid and this is the first time I was ever exposed to Batman, I'd be kind of like, "Oh, this is 
this is crazy. This is this is not quite what I expected. Um, that's just one thought I have. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. Um, if you have seen the movies like Chinatown, Seven, and uh, like any film noir, you'll you'll get the movie. It has the tone, the cinematography, and the pacing of a film noir movie. I yeah. think it's honestly the best way to put it. It is Batman film noir, and I think it's a bad thing. I think it's a very cool take because I think with, with with the video games did so well is that there were many elements of those games where you had to spend doing detective work looking for clues using your gadgets to find like um, if you were tracking down there's one part of the game whenever Joker kidnaps Commissioner Gordon and you have to detect um, pipe tobacco on the ground and you have to like use your you have to use like this 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 thing in, in his cowl that detected the the um, scent of tobacco through the air and you had to follow it. Like, that's a kind of a cool detective me- me- um, a mechanic where it uses, obviously, his his um, brain and also gadgets. There's like, that nice com- combination of it. Uh, I thought that was a very, very cool um, take. But, I, yeah, Batman film noir. Yeah, parts of it that I thought were refreshing is that it wasn't uh, it wasn't Captain Marvel. And if you understand what I'm saying as far as the wokeness and political stuff, there really wasn't a whole lot of that in there. There were a few moments, there were some groans heard, especially from me. Uh, some things were mentioned and uh, that I was just like, okay, come on. They weren't spreading the message. The message. <laughs> um, I was. That was kind of refreshing. And two, uh, the, uh, I can't remember her name, but whoever played the cat lady or the cat person. Catwoman. The, the person who identifies as Catwoman. Um <laughs> The fact that uh, she didn't beat up Batman, I really, yeah. I really liked because uh, I was waiting for it, and it didn't happen. I was like, "Thank you." If, I think I actually said thank you during the if, movie. If Catwoman, like, there's an inner. Well, the first time they meet, they fight, and it's not much of a spoiler, but they have, they, they, they have, a, they have a tussle, and Batman like handily, handily, handily beats her, as it should be. Um, now there were some moments where like Catwoman did, did. Um, beat on you know some regular sized men but it was always like she found an advantage and she, she, didn't, she didn't overpower them like she didn't like standing kick them into a wall or something that no she had to like leverage it wasn't you know, cartoonish levels yeah stupidity. she had to like leverage off a table or off of a wall and had to go for a move that only someone of her size could do so it felt like okay if you were you know an expert in martial arts i could see a woman Performing that move on a man, it wouldn't seem like like ridiculous. But she wouldn't like punch a guy out cold. None of that happened. And I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm being honest with you. If she were to beat Batman's butt in the first time and like been like you know like just like sub, like subdued Batman, I'm like I'm done. I I can't. I, what what are, what are we doing anymore? Because if if Batman can be beaten by uh, what what you would think would be like Fiona Mayweather, um, then you know. Why? Why should we trust this guy to take down literally anyone? Yeah. Um, I, I I enjoyed that. I the cinema the cinematography was absolutely breathtakingly brilliant. Yeah, I didn't like the. I couldn't really tell much CGI. I think it was all mostly that's, shot on location. That's it was very what pretty. I love about action movies that don't use CGI because that's what Marvel movies are. Is it's all CGI. Hardly any of them is practical real effects. It's all just computer generated. Just blech. Um, whereas, especially with the Nolan take on uh, Batman, it was all—it was almost too real. It was almost 
too uh, over-the-top grandiose like Michael Bay, Jar Jar Abrams level of stupidity of what just over-the-top uh, action violence, you know, b- stuff blows up on screen. Um, this was kind of the, it found a nice middle ground. It found a nice middle ground between the very dark cartoonish like Tim Burton comic book adaptation of Gotham and Christopher Nolan's like New York City Batman. Because it is, if you showed me uh, two pictures of New York City, one from the Dark Knight and one just from New York, I, you couldn't tell a difference. This one struck that nice, and it almost kind of reminded me of the Joker Gotham City. Yeah. Where the Joker Gotham City felt real, but it felt eerily just off. Like, something was off about that city in Joker. But I felt that this, again, this Gotham City felt similar. Like, I felt that this universe could actually exist but then it was just alien enough where it's like okay this is this is this is not real does that make sense no does that make sense though you know what it is though is that you know it superman's world couldn't exist in this world like metropolis would be like austin texas and well, well, gotham city would be like san francisco well like metropolis is supposed to be supposed to be a cleaner like right. a new york city is what it's supposed to be but what i'm saying though is that if you go back and you watch the the tim burton batman you're like okay this is obviously not real yeah like c- clearly this this over the top industrial like steampunk kind of city this is not a real city this this, this does not exist anywhere on earth but you look at this film i think you'd be like oh even though I know this is not a real place, I could see this actually like existing. Because the the dated, crumbling infrastructure, yes. the buildings that were just you know uh, just abandoned mid construction, that all looks real because we've seen that before. Like you can go to Detroit, you can see that. Um, but I some of the care I, uh, Robert Pattinson is that how you say his name Robert, Robert Patterson Robert Patterson how you say his name I felt like he was a good Batman but a bad Bruce Wayne. I don't. I didn't. I didn't like his uh, his take on Bruce Wayne as being this just kid that never grew out of his e- out of his emo stage. Um, the uh, I don't know. I, I to me it wasn't as as believable as Bruce Wayne as like Christian Bale or Michael Keaton um, or even like Ben Affleck. Um, I felt like the because Batman or as Bruce Wayne is it's not supposed to be this just this kid who lives in a uh, in a in a, in a, a cave somewhere who just is a hermit who, who acts like Gollum. That's not what he's supposed to be. He is supposed to be kind of like this charismatic, almost playboy esque uh, person. Whereas this Batman, it just looks like he's always crying. Um, and his hair is all dark and drooped in front of his face. I, that's why when people, when he would go out into the into crowds, like oh, man, that's Bruce Wayne. It's like he doesn't look like any person of notoriety. He just looks like a kid who's just sad. Yeah, I mean, I, I although think the per- although that car he was in the Corvette split window black that was that was a car that was a nice car. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think that it's a different take. He's definitely more of a reserved Bruce Wayne. He's not that very outgoing. Christian, very, very gloomy. Christian Bale was this very outgoing, charismatic Bruce Wayne who um, definitely wanted to keep the keep the legacy and the name alive, whereas I think this Bruce Wayne is more of... He never quite... For me, it seemed like he never quite got over the death of, of his, his parents. parents, and he was still living with that, especially the way that his parents come up in the film. You could see that. I don't think he ever fully recovered and healed from that. Not to say that like 
that the Christian Bales, the Michael Keatons of the world, that those you know are are better and that they're that they never experienced that pain of losing uh, their parents. But this one seems like he never. To me, honestly, it seems like his parents died a month ago. Even though it's twenty. Even years though it's been twenty something years, uh, that was my biggest issue with him, and that he seemed he he didn't seem he seems very gloomy and just kind of down. And and that's that's Melancholy. nothing that's nothing against Robert Patterson's acting abilities. I think that he did he, a, he did it I think very he did, well. He did a very good job portraying that character. I don't know if that was the best character for this Batman. Perhaps it could have been. There was opening parts of the of the dialogue of the film where he was talking about, am I actually doing any good for the city, but I have to keep trying. So maybe he's in a state where, because uh, apparently this is supposed to be about the second or third year that he's Batman, so he's still trying to get used to this character. Is, it even, is this even worth is it? Is this even worth it? So maybe he's dealing with that depression of that, I'm putting my life at risk, I'm destroying my, my family's um, name and legacy, is it all for nothing? But I have to still keep trying because this city is so and the city is my family and and my family is this city. So I think he struggled with that. But that's this was more of a personal thing. Uh I anything else that I really had that was that was that, that was good about I'm trying to think of anything else that I really enjoyed about the film that it was good. I like the fact that uh given the the nature of the movie being film noir, this is a movie for adults. Yes, it was not a movie for kids. Not, not, a, not in the way of like just violence or uh, inappropriate stuff, but just it's it's an adult movie because there's a plot here, and you kind of have to be an adult to get what's going on. It's very uh, it's it's a movie for grownups, really. And um, not to say, sorry, go ahead. And I I really I really enjoyed that because there was actual real substantive dialogue here. There was there were there were consequences. There were the stakes were high. A lot of stuff is happening. There's so much corruption uh, that 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 is going on in in this city uh, that that this is an adult topic. This is uh, this is not for kids. This is not a Marvel movie. This isn't this isn't Captain Marvel or the Avengers. You know, this is serious stuff. And I, I really I really enjoyed that because um, given some of my more favorite movies like 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 movies like Goodfellas and The Godfathers and casino like these are serious basically movies. just like scorsese films scorsese films and francis Ford coppola films like the you know uh cinema are you trying to tell me that captain marvel is not cinema yeah or or like quentin tarantino films you know movies yeah i think that it it struck that balance not, where not not, not not carnival rides so like dc has this bad rap of making films that are so serious they're not they're not enjoyable does that make sense where a film can be so serious that it that it's not fun to watch, like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yes, I can see that, that movie was not fun or, to watch. Or you just have a complete joke, like 1984 Wonder Woman. That that is a beyond stupid movie. Well, that's well, the, 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 that film has has no serious tone to it. Right. But I think Cause, with this cause, film, because either either it's uh, either it's seriousness like a, a murder trial, or it's just beyond stupid comical jokes. But I'm like saying is that this film was serious in the standpoint of that it was grown up. It kept you engaged. Like y- it, you. This is a film that you're gonna to want to sit and fully get all of the points about, and that's the thing that I actually really did enjoy. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a movie that you can take your seven year old to, and they're probably not gonna like it. And that's okay. And that I don't think that's I don't think this is a film for them. This is a film for adults who 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 like the idea of Batman and may group with Batman, but they they don't like this. 
um, the spoon-fed content that you maybe get with some of the Marvel, maybe some of the other DC films. Just crap like, thrown up on like, screen. See, even the Aquaman film, which I felt was just like a popcorn, just stupid movie. Uh, other than other than William Dafoe's CGI hair, which I so William <laughs> Dafoe's CGI hair in that movie was the best part. I'm pretty sure actually there's a Facebook post. If no one grabbed it, I actually when I went and saw it, I said um, Aquaman two out of ten, William Dafoe's hair eight out of ten, <laughs> something like that. I forget what it was because of yeah, but I think I, I I enjoyed it. Did it do anything revolutionary for Batman? I don't think so. I think that, as I said, this this world's greatest detective story has already been told. Not to say it's necessarily a bad thing, uh, but I you know I think that this could be a very cool. They're obviously trying to make a sequel out of this. They're not. It's not a one and done thing. I don't think that anyone that think. It is thinking that is a little naive. Well, they only hinted at that like a thousand times. Yeah, and the ending was kind of cringe. Uh, the there is a romantic aspect to this that is very very cringe because it just sort of happens and everyone's like, wait wait what what what? You've known huh? each other for like ten minutes. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, very very cringe there, and I don't. There's a sequel that's teased at the very end of it. By the way, the Riddler was great. I thought the Riddler was a cool, realistic adaptation. Like Jim Carrey will always be the Riddler to me because <laughs> something about Jim Carrey in that skin tight outfit, like dancing around. Marks. Yeah, I think that's just brilliant. But this was a very, if the Riddler was real, he would be like this. This you know, not Jeffrey Dahmer. This Sadistic, one, like Zodiac this, like killer, Zodiac killer kind of <laughs> Ted Cruz kind of. Um, serial killer, which I thought was pretty cool, but they they tease a villain at the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but they tease in their Batman villain at the end, and I rolled my eyes because this person has been done to death and has been done so well so many times that there's no way, there's nothing else I think you can do to this character that has not already been done before, so I don't want to see it. Batman has so many great villains, probably has the best villains out of any comic book. Maybe Spider-Man has some good ones too. But Batman has the best villains out of any comic book superhero. And the fact that we focus on like two of them to me is just is so criminal. The, the Batman games have done all of the villains so, so well. Why can't we see a Mr. Freeze or a Killer Croc or any one of these other just really good villains that, 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 that we, don't, we don't see in, in these Well, see, other. the biggest selling point for me... Uh, in the movie, and the fir- actually the first trailer that I saw, because we actually went and saw a different movie before we saw this one, uh, they teased that the villain was going to be the Riddler. I thought, oh, isn't this nice? It's not the uh, the clown. Um, it's not the Joker who is the main villain. Isn't that nice? We're actually going to look in at other uh, characters uh, from this story than just the one. And I thought that was so nice because, like you said, this particular character has been done to death. Um, but then again, too, I would have loved if they would have teased a different villain that, that we could be possibly be seeing. I would have loved that. Or if at the end of the film, you just see one of the prison cells is all frozen over. Yes! Or something! Like, it's just, it's just, the, the whole thing, like, like the whole door's covered in ice. I mean, that would have been a really cool tease. I think that that would have been a better, um, way to, way to end the film. That's a, that's a spoiler, so people that, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry, but... I, I just feel that's just I I just don't have much hope in that they're gonna bring anything to that character that has not already been done way better. Um 
as far as as far as the rest of the cast, I thought it was okay. Um, Batman, I thought was fine. The person, I think, honestly, the best person I really enjoyed was Catwoman. I thought she was casted very, very well. Alfred seemed weird. Like, I love Andy Serkis. I think he's fantastic. You mean Gollum? Yeah, Gollum. I mean, but he's that he's he did great with Gollum. He did um something else big. He did. He did a lot of. He does a lot of like um like motion capture stuff. That's what he's kind of known for. Uh, Robert Patterson was fine. I thought he was did a suitable job. Catwoman was good. Andy Serkis was good um, as as Alfred. Although for me, um, Michael Caine Michael will always, Caine be, always Alfred. be Alfred for me. He's I see, just I the did, best. I didn't like Andy or Circus uh, as Alfred. He he just didn't come off as um, it just it just didn't work for me. His five minutes of scream time I think was five minutes too much. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I I, I thought I thought that casting was a a, a, a B a B on the casting. So. Well, as far as uh, Falcone as uh, Ambrose, Mr. Monk's uh, estranged brother, I liked him as Falcone, uh, yeah. Carmine Falcone, uh, the guy that played the Penguin. Uh, I had no idea that it was this. I can't remember his name, but you could not tell it was this actor because he was under so much makeup and uh, prosthetics. You couldn't even tell who it was, which is fine. I guess. Which is, I guess, is okay. Um, there was there were a few moments in the movie that I thought were just a little too convenient. Um, and when you watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's um, some convenient moments. It's like, like really, really convenient. coincidence. The movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, but then again, too, there are some things that happen towards the end of the movie that could have how this guy was able to uh, uh, set up these things that that ultimately happened in a three-hour movie. Why this was never explained um, is there's no excuse for that. Yeah. Um, there's no excuse why uh, you couldn't have explained uh, how he set up these things. Um, like a little foreshadowing would have been just just grand, great. I think that if they wanted to make the film better, and this may sound controversial, is if there's a lot of gruesomeness that's shown off screen. If you make this movie rated R and you show a lot of the more gruesome aspects of the Riddler, maybe it adds more to the context of what Batman's having to do more maybe perhaps in the film and kind of brings the gruesomeness of the serial killer. Cause a lot of the more gruesome elements are off screen, which is fine. I get, you know, if they, if they were to show it all be rated R a hundred percent and R rated movies make a lot less money than PG 13 movies. And I get it. And there's this idea of an R rated Batman movie that get a lot of bad headlines. So I understand it, but I think that if you make it, make it R, I think it's a better film and it adds more to that mature, this is a movie for adults versus a movie for kids. That's just my personal take. I think that would have made the movie better. Well, there's also a way, too, that you can not depict the gruesome acts of violence, but have it still carry the same weight as if you do show this, that stuff. There are movies that have done that pretty well. Um, I'm not a fan of just gratuitous, nonsensical violence. I'm not. No, a I'm fan not of saying that. that either. But I'm saying though that that adds more heinous, more adds and more, more hatred to the to the Riddler. And if Batman were to break his morals at some point, it's more justifiable because of the the gruesomeness. Like for instance, okay, that's we're we're going way too long. But for instance, there's a great comic book called called the killing joke where batman breaks the one rule he's not supposed to break but because the the joker is so heinous in his actions that batman is just forced to make this choice to make the ultimate choice at the, the very end of the of, of the comic book and 
so much so that that film they uh, did an adaptation. It, it got it got rated R because it was just so gruesome, and the and the Joker even overstepped his his line in the book. Like there's that line that the Joker wouldn't doesn't cross at any point, and he crossed it. Like he he broke that that um that that line, and Batman had to make a decision where he's like, yeah, I this guy can't keep living. Like there's, we 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 can't. There's I cannot allow this to ever happen again. So I'm gonna break the one rule I've broken. Perhaps I'm not saying Batman doesn't break that rule in this movie. Just in case you were wondering, but something like that maybe adds more weight to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know I enjoyed the movie. I don't think it did anything revolutionary different. I think that Batman's been been done better, but. That doesn't mean this is a bad movie. And for someone to someone who's who's so over comic book movies to the point where it's like, I'm I'm not gonna go unless I'm excited about it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I'm feeling a I'm strong seven to light eight on this one. Uh, what do you what do you what, how do you feel on this one? Uh, if I had to put a number, I think I would give it like a seven. Um, okay. It yeah. wasn't revolutionary. I again too. I am so burnt out on superhero movies. Uh, and I'm especially burnt out on remakes because this is yet again another remake and or reboot of the series. The reason why I give it a 7 and not a 6 is because we didn't see Thomas and Martha Wayne die. Thankfully, <laughs> we didn't have to see them gunned down yet again. You in the know streets. that if the if the beginning of the film was them getting gunned down and then like Bruce wakes up from a nightmare and he's just he's, just, he's, just, he's like he's, he's like reliving, reliving that it. night. You're like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going <laughs> not home. again. I'm out of here. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I would have left if we had seen Mar- uh, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne getting gunned down. Um, but, of course, they they can't not mention that in the movie. So Because it's, it's pivotal to the role right. of the so character. So they did, they did mention it in Batman does find out some truth behind who killed his parents. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The, the, the cinematography was absolutely breathtaking. The score was great. Um, uh, I, I I don't know if I'm completely sold on Robert Patterson being. Uh, maybe the next film can maybe maybe he'll he'll show a new a new side and we'll like him more for it. But that will be the sell. We'll we'll see for that. So that's the that's the episode for the show uh, for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know that was an extended movie review, but you know this is not only a political podcast. It's a Standing Brothers show, and if you didn't like it. I'm sorry, you have made it to this point. That is your own fault. You can follow the show on Spotify, Apple Music. It's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Click the little follow button. And hey, also, drop us a review. Please like, do. Look, give if, us a 10. Give us a 10. Give me... What is, what is, what is Craig Ferguson say? Give me your... Give me your thunder. Yeah. <laughs> give him thunder. Give me thunder. Uh... <laughs> Look, if you've made it this far already, then you you obviously found something positive uh, to continue listening to this travesty any farther. So go ahead and give us five stars or give us a ten on those streaming platforms. It really means the world to us, and it makes me smile. I'm smiling right now. You can also follow the show um, by joining the website, patreon.com. Five bucks a month gets you early access to all of the episodes, so that's pretty cool. And hey, you also get to support us too. You can also support us by buying a T-shirt from our Teespring store. They're pretty cool. I highly recommend, and not only because I make money off of them, but because I think they're a really cool product. 
I'm Jacob Standards, and I approve this message. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed, or you take it take it up with Teespring, which money back. I, I don't I, I don't I don't handle that. <laughs> what do you What do you think? What do you think? Of? I'm doing my own my own my own HR and PR here. Uh uh-uh, no, that's that's all their job. Um, you can also follow my uh, Substack LibertyOverdrive.substack.com. Read all my thoughts. Read my post about why the this moral outrage about Russia is completely misplaced. And we need to do a little soul searching before we blame others. Read that. It's called It's Only Okay to Invade a, a, a Nation When America Does It. It's my new hot piece. Got some album reviews on the way. I'm not finishing one up right now. That'll be out before the weekend. And I'm doing some other album reviews um, as well. Some not classic, some new stuff too. So be looking out for the new music I've been listening to. And I bought vinyl records for. I'm doing reviews on that, so check that one out. They're not really reviews; they're kind of more things I like. Because um, they're way, listen, they're people way smarter than me to give a numerical value to an album than just some schmuck that likes too much rock and roll. So check those out. Links to everything that we discussed in the show will be down below. And we will see you guys on Friday, Joe. Anything for the people? Any parting words of wisdom? Uh, go see Batman. I have no, I have no, no, no objections. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Go see the Batman. I'm sorry, the Batman. No objections. No objections. Goodbye.